Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, it's a lovely little Wednesday. How are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, We've got a monster of a show today. And uh, not that I haven't been excited in the past to do a show, but I think that I am the most excited I have ever been to do a one-for-one episode just looking at the notes. Like, we've got a heater. Wow. It's a big statement, everybody. It's a big statement, but I am looking forward to backing it up. Um, I mean, Oilers are hot. We've been playing around with a few new things for some content stuff, some different discussion points, uh, lots of NHL news, lots of Oilers news. Um, Interesting time to be a hockey fan. So there is some good, some bad. (laughs) There is hella, hella discussion to be had tonight. Uh, And Nolan, if you don't mind, I think I might just get right into the first point because this was uh, an impromptu thing that I threw out on uh, Instagram. I think it was like a Thursday middle of the afternoon, got in an argument with a coworker about the age-old question of pineapple on pizza. We've had the debate a million times, a million different ways. Um, you're, you're a fan. Oh, of course. Yeah, and I, yeah. I am as well. Yeah. And I think that this argument is stupid because yeah. it's over, man. It's, it's, it's over. So I threw it up on the Instagram, and you know what? The people that follow us on Instagram are demons. Because the simple question, does pineapple belong on pizza, got 48 votes, which is pretty surprising, actually. Yeah, that's a, that's an that's a, a impassioned group of folks. 75% great, 25% gross. So that's pretty resounding. Yeah, I think if you're part of that 25%, we need to, like, we need to have a chat. Well, I man, then this is... yeah. This is what I wanted to bring up. I think pineapple on pizza is is getting the Nickelback treatment of like five years ago where oh, there was just a yeah. group of people on the internet that were pissed off and saying Nickelback sucks. And then everybody was like, yeah, Nickelback sucks because it was cool to say so. But I think the majority of people were like, no, Nickelback's pretty, pretty not bad. Yeah. I mean, especially too, if you like recognize just how good it is and that you could say that's similar to the idea of pineapple on pizza. So those, those people have not tried pineapple on pizza. They've just simply scoffed at the idea of putting a fruit on pizza. They I can't, mean, you could call tomato a fruit, but... They, they can't wrap their five-year-old taste buds around yeah. uh, a sweet and salty combination. I wrote in the notes, Nolan, from a culinary perspective, salty and sweet pairs together well. For example, fries and ice cream. Oh, banger. Fantastic. Yeah. Peanut butter and chocolate. Classic. Excellent, yeah. As old as time. And even uh, if you want to take a little bit of a fusion element to it, corn dogs. Do you like corn dogs? I do like corn dogs, yeah. Sweet and salty, man. It's right yeah. there. So That's true. I didn't even think about that part. Um, folks that have not done the pineapple on pizza because you're adamantly against it, um, take a good look in the mirror and Mal- join us. Miles, I know you would never step foot in a movie theater in 2024, but... <laughs> The one thing I, I, I mean, I'm assuming you've done it before, but you ever do the, uh, do you ever do like the M&Ms and the popcorn? Um, like I've had the handfuls of it and stuff. It's great. It's good. Yeah, just like a little sure. bit of popcorn with some chocolate in there. Ooh, that, See, that's a, another, that gets my good spot. Another classic, that gets my good spot. Another classic example of sweet and salty. And it's, uh, it's tried and true, man. Do you, do you remember, I don't think they make them anymore, but do you remember, I know at least when I was, a, when I was probably 12 or 13. They had those, um, those like 
like individual packaged uh pringles but they were chocolate covered pringles never never did that never had those so they used to sell they used to sell those at like the grocery store and it was actual pringles but they would be covered in either it was like uh be like a hershey's bar or be like uh it'd be like a reese's bar um i'm gonna actually just see if i can find a picture of these because i do remember i used to get them in my lunch i used to get them in my lunches thank you (laughs) thank you mom i know that there's another like this one is too far for me. I think this is a food combination that I have not tried, and I don't know if I would. Um, it's peanuts and Coca Cola. Oh, you take oh, like yeah. your your peanuts in a sleeve, and you pour them into a bottle of Coke, and you drink it, and you get like peanut Coke water. It's apparently like a Southern thing. Apparently, like you're not a real Southerner if you don't drink Coca Cola <laughs> and peanuts, yeah, boy. Like a, I don't know, probably offensive. Probably can't um, say that. Have you, uh, um, have you, are, are you, are you familiar with water talk? Water talk? Yeah. It's a, pa- no. it's a, it's a, it's a subgenre of TikTok. And it's like all these people that just base it's either like Stanley cups or just like those big cups and they just take water and then they put a bunch of those like garbage, like oh, juice packets in there. Yeah. And it's like, okay. I've this is my that. water. And they combine like a million packets in there. And then they put some like Mio or whatever yeah. in there as well. It's like, this isn't, this isn't water. This is, this is juice. Like, you have a, you have a 600 calorie cup of soda <laughs> when you pump all your sweets and flavors and whatnot into it. I have seen that. That shit is rank. <laughs> like my guy, you're going to be, we're going to have to, we're gonna have to check your. We're gonna have to check your blood sugar levels after this. I'm so hydrated. I'm thriving. No diabetes. <laughs> no, actually, your toe has a pulse to it right now. <laughs> Think of the Family Guy when they have to. Well, that obviously doesn't happen in real life when they have to cut off Britney Spears' leg. She gets diabetes. Oh right, I forgot about that. I've been Taylor? going through a. A family guy. So reunion. have we. Yeah, let's go. Man, the uh I, I I gotta say, like the first like seven seasons of Family Guy, actually probably the first like six seasons of Family Guy are knockout home run swings. They're so good. Especially like the second and third season, because I remember having the first, second, and third se no first, second, third, and fourth seasons on DVD when I was like twelve or thirteen. And it just started my just started my uh um warped sense of humor yeah absolutely yeah degenerate sense of humor is what (laughs) i was thinking um and yeah those are just those are so good some of the episodes though have not aged very well (laughs) no but i i think that that's part of uh it's like an adult cartoons charm is just how bad you can look back and watch it and be like oh the, the lens of watching this through 2008 yeah. is the liberals so... would not love this no the and there's lots of things the liberals wouldn't love like taking away our sins <laughs> you heard about that i did oh not hear, i i heard about it but i heard more about the social media reaction to it rather than the actual news about it if that makes oh. sense make january 6th look like a fucking tea party if they take away my zins <laughs> I did see that meme, yes. <laughs> it's not a meme. That's my life. That's it. Oh, well, there you go. Um, I uh, wish I came up with that. Before we move on, Miles, I did find the chocolate-covered Pringles, and they were referred to as Hershey's Swoops. Swoops? Um, swoops. So they had a Reese's swoops. one, they had a Hershey's one, they had a York Peppermint Patty one, and they had an Almond Joy one. I like uh, I like mint chocolate. Like a York, yeah. York Peppermint Patty, that would have that hit pretty hard. 
Yeah, and then uh, I'm actually looking right here. It says, swoops that nobody seems to remember except for me. Um, this was on a Reddit thread. Do you, can you guess what the Reddit thread was called? Is that going to be like, um, I don't know, the t- same shit with the Berenstain Bears? Yeah, no, uh, nostalgia. Not, no nostalgia. Uh, not okay. the Mandela effect that you're thinking. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. what I thought. It I was love the Mandela like effect. There's some weird shit, man. Yeah, that might be discussion for next week because Absolutely. that I could I could lose my shit on that too. Our that's... favorite, our, our favorite Mandela effects. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But before we get into that, why don't I run the folks at home through what they can expect on the Miles's most excited episode of One for One in history? Uh, nice, fun stuff because we're going to be recapping three quick games: Kraken, uh, Flames, last night's match against the Blue Jackets. Once we get through that, uh, moving into some Oilers discussion, talk about a few things happening within the team. We're going to highlight a player on the Oilers or in the organization that we're excited about. Uh, and once we get through that, a brand new segment of one for one, which is going to be a blind rankings. Uh, we're going to be playing around with this kind of content um, where we're quizzing one of the co-hosts or asking one of the co-hosts to give uh, more of a like a uh, ranking style or grid style and answer a few questions and, and see how it goes there. So hopefully that's just some good in uh, terms of what we're sticking with nostalgia discussion um, that uh, that you at home can listen to as well. Once we get through that, we move into that host of NHL shit. Like we said, some good, some bad, some exciting, some sad. Once we wrap that up, Nolan, we do have it's back the rock star of the week, and we'll wrap things up with next week's agenda. Lots to get through, lots mm-hmm. to be excited about. Uh, why don't you take us back to the 18th of January? Actually, not that long ago. Good for us. Yeah, we've the ball with us. And uh, t- take us back to that game against the Seattle Quacken. You remember War and Peace, right? No. No. It's Warren Reese, baby. With a 4-2 win over the Seattle Kraken. Seattle comes into town on the final game of a six-game road trip, playing some pretty good hockey. 7-3-0 in their last 10, but on a two-game losing streak coming into Edmonton. Eberly, Yamo, Lars, Justin Schultz, all former Oilers back in YEG. Joey Decord versus Stuart Skinner. It's hockey time, baby. But... Some sloppy play to start the game sees both teams get a power play opportunity, but both teams come up empty. However, after a McDavid giveaway in front of the Seattle net, the Kraken transition sees a great outlet pass from NHL All-Star Oliver Bjorkstrand uh-oh, to a streaking Eli Tolvanen who puts one glove high on Skinner to make it one nothing Kraken. Not the start we want. Four minutes later, it's the Kraken once again on the offensive where Jake... Uh, where, uh, Jared McCann makes the most of the opportunity and makes it 2-0. Shots would finish 12-10 for the Oilers heading into intermission. Second period starts off with a bang, though, as Mr. Contract year Warren Fogle scores 37 seconds into the frame with his brother in attendance as the Oilers are joined for a siblings and mentors trip. We temporarily said goodbye to Warren Peace and hello to Warren Reese. Yes, his name is Reese. Hell yeah. Dry and Kaner get the apples 2-1 Kraken. Leon, 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 what are we going to do with you? You tell Spectre that you're going to do what's best for you, then sign pucks through the camera holes during warm-ups, huh? Stop being such a little sweetheart. But whatever you do, don't stop scoring goals. Like this one. Tying the game on the power play with his 22nd of the year, Hyman and Nuge get the assists on the equalizer. War! 
What is it good for? Warren Reese gets a second of the night. His usual suspects, Dry and Kaner, get the assists again. 3-2 Oilers. I think Kane, however, is making the most of his opportunities. He's getting in limited ice time here. Uh, this, this, is, this is Miles saying this to me. That, thanks a lot, my friend. Uh, this is after a really bad miss in the first few minutes where we were like, fuck, it's going to be one of those cold Kaner stretches. Oilers tack on another 13 shots in the frame to make it 25-20 heading into the third with a one-goal lead. The third was high-octane, entertaining hockey. McDavid was throwing his shit around, mixing up with Yandy Gord, but the emotions got out of hand. Near the end of the game, after McDavid said, Nah, I'm not going to fight you, Gordo. YG, and we're not talking the Raptor from Compton. He takes a run at Matias Eckholm, making head contact while leaving his feet. A very, very, very scummy hit. We hate to see that shit. A major scrum would ensue. But, you know, Colin's crazy, but kind of like to see that shit. Especially when the boys are taking care of one of their own. You love to see a big mob mentality against the bad guys. That's great to see. Anyways, when the dust is all settled, YG gets the game. Eckholm serves a two-minute roughing penalty, and the Oilers get a very rare three-minute power play. On the ensuing man advantage, Connor McDavid would find a lovely lad all alone in the corner of the net. A guy, a man, a myth, a children's author, and rightfully all-star, but wasn't named to the all-star. Fucking bastards. Zachary Martin Hyman gets his 27th of the year on the beautiful backdoor feed. As mentioned, McDavid gets the assist with Leon picking up the secondary, and for the 12th time in a row... The Oilers pick up the W. Play La Bamba, baby. Shots finished 36-27 for the Oilers, who won 68% of the draws. That's a crazy number. Leon himself was 92% in the dot. Oilers went 2-for-4 on the power play and stopped all five penalties they took. Fogel's two-goal effort took home first star. Leon's four-point night got him second. And our red-hot goalie, Stewart. Skinner took home third star after stopping 25 of 27 shots for a 926 save percentage. What a game. Good game, clean game, fun game to watch. Uh, and Ek- or, uh, Gord ended up getting two games from this one for that hit on Ekholm. So he got his just desserts. The deserve to winometer of uh, uh, suspensions was, was correct in that case. Just cracking the needle. Yeah. Speaking of cracking the needle, we move on to a Battle of Alberta, the second installment of the year, which I have changed the name to the Danielle Smith Bowl, round two, 3-1 win versus the Calgary Flames on January 20th. Oilers come into Calgary on a Saturday night for a Battle of Alberta, just like the good Lord intended. Both teams wearing their Heritage Classic fits. Always nice to see something nostalgic. Big theme of the app. Uh, getting some more use. Skinner versus Vladar. The Heat Daddy is in attendance for this one. All the way from Arizona, uh, it does not get higher stakes than that. The Oilers bring some heat in the first period. Adam Rizicka takes an interference penalty to set the Oilers up on a power play that lasts a whole 20 seconds before the refs go full Kansas City Chiefs mode and call a horrible, horrible interference call on Zachary Martin-Hyman to negate the man advantage. We play on with five minutes remaining in the first period. The best hockey smile in the NHL cuts in past the flames defense and does a little look at this. Look at that little roof daddy. Oh, put the Oilers up one, nothing. That is Ryan McLeod assists to Fogel and Vinny D lovely stuff. One, nothing Oilers. 
Second period fires up, and we wish it wouldn't have because recovering Florida man and all-around wimpy guy Mackenzie Weger gets a feed from Blake Coleman, another guy I don't like, getting his 10th of the year to tie things up at one. In the second, Evander Kane would take an interference penalty, and Michael Backlund would take a tripping penalty. Neither team would score 1-1 heading into the third. This is such a battle of Alberta kind of night. So that's it. That's all I have for second period. There was penalties, and uh, we move on, right? 1-1, going into the third. Hockey night in Canada. Boys are jacked up, drinking foam domes, losing their friggin' minds. But just as the Flames scored early in the second, the Oilers would score a minute 39 into the third when Sam Gagne called bank, throwing a pass in front of the goal mouth that went off a skate, then off a stick, and then into the back of the net. Who cares? At this point, a goal is a goal, and you got to be good to be lucky. 2-1 Oilers assist to CeCe and Holloway. By the way, welcome back, Dylan Holloway. We missed you a lot. 2-1 Oilers. Matthias Janmark takes an interference penalty that gets the blood pressure up, but the Oilers manage to kill it off and kill off the rest of the Flames' late-game advances before an empty net opportunity sees the children's author collect his 28th of the year. Zachary Martin-Hyman scores. Nuge assists. 3-1 final for the Oilers, 13th straight win. We're all sweaty like Stauffer as the Flames fans cry a little harder down 2-0 in the season series. Shots finished 32-27 for the Oilers, who went 0-2 on the power play and 3-3 three three on the penalty kill. The Oilers lost the battle in the dot, winning 46% of the faceoffs. The Oilers were also out hitting this one because they were hammering the possession numbers 23-14. Stuart Skinner took home the second star as he stopped 26 of 27 chances for a .963 save percentage. Nolan 13 is a very important number in the current Oilers win streak as it sets the all-time record for most consecutive games won by a Canadian team in NHL history. The previously held record was by the 1967-1968 Montreal Canadiens. The Oilers... The Oilers now chase the final remaining record. The 92-93 Pittsburgh Penguins hold the mark of 17 straight wins. Let's see if they can do it. Wanted to give a special shout out to this one. Uh, Battle of Alberta, obviously always fun to watch with, with your buds. I was watching with a bud, but not uh, not my not the homies with, with the home girl. You know what I'm saying? So, uh couple of the fellas got together shout out to the Weyburn block uh new Oilers fan Arlen was betting his fandom on this one as it was going to be if the Oilers won he was going to be an Oilers fan and if the Flames won he was going to be a Flames fan so he's starting to get into hockey and high stakes is right but clearly uh the the rightful winner prevailed and now there's another another fan in the flock so shout out to shout out to Pastor Dave and the rest of the rest of the the Weyburn boys and um, glad, uh, glad the Oilers got this one because I hate losing the Flames, and it would have hurt even more if they ended the streak to the Flames. I, um, I decided to look into uh, like history of teams that have gone on like multi-game winning streaks like this, like have have, have like come close to the record that the Penguins set, um, and kind of related it to how far they've gone in the playoffs. Let's ignore that. Bad idea. <laughs> Don't go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope they break a trend. <laughs> um, this is also a game, by the way, Miles. Clairvoyant Nolan should have been on the case because um, I don't know if you happen to notice where they played Dylan Holloway in this game. Sent uh, 
they played him at center. He was on Center. the fourth line, but they still gave him like 10 minutes, which That's... is great to see. And he looked awesome in this game. He, uh, he almost had two points because he set up Connor Brown for like a, just a, an easy tap in. And somehow, somehow, he put it right into Dan Vladar's arm. Yeah. Oh, I remember that one. That yeah. was like, that's not even Connor Brown, like not being able to score. That's just horrendous puck luck. Yeah. Like it's, he's straight up cursed. He a- like is never scoring a goal. <laughs> is Connor Brown just a skin, like a skinwalker? <laughs> I'm he watching looks- a lot of skinwalker stuff on TikTok and do, it's scary. Do you know what's going to happen, Miles? Is he's going to score like 15 goals in the playoffs. That's he's fine. Gonna, he's gonna finish. He's gonna finish the season with maybe one goal, and then he's gonna go off in the playoffs. He's gonna be like opposite James Neal mode. He's gonna be like the Fernando Pisani. Oh, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's Fernando. That's Fernando Pisani. Uh, um, no, I, I, I have a request. Yes, of course. There's a few things in this next package that I wrote um, that might not make sense if you read them. So you want to take it? Would you mind? Miles, I would, I would appreciate if you pour it on! If I what? I, I, I was doing a Jack Michaels thing where he oh, goes, pour it on! Thank you, and timely, because this game, Nolan, from last night, uh, is an ode to the friend of the show, Mr. Jack Michaels, is 50? Question I can't believe that. 4-1 win versus the CBJ, January 22nd. Columbus Blue Jackets coming to this one, eighth in the Metro, and sporting a 3-5-2 and two in their last 10. Elvis Merz Lincolns, who's asked for a trade out of Columbus, is in town, while the Edmonton Oilers have their entire pro scouting department at the game. Interesting. Oilers go with Stuart Skinner, who, as we've mentioned, has been red hot. The game fires up, the team's trade chances, and Andrew Peak, yeah, Andrew Peak. Andrew Peak takes a penalty that sends the Oilers to the power play, where a rare power play two goal is scored, coming off the stick of the contract year bandit Warren Fogle, assisted by teammate of the year and all around good guy Evander Kane. I wrote in brackets. This is what I was referring to. Eat shit, Nolan and Darnell Nurse. One nothing Oilers. That will come up a few times. Oilers completely forget how to play hockey for the rest of the period and allow Columbus to get in the driver's seat. And well behind the wheel of the minivan, a Russian guy on the Blue Jackets scores, and it's even at 1-1. The Oilers surrender 13 shots against in the first period, and it's a pretty deflating period of hockey from a team that's been playing really good hockey, uh, at least recently. Um, at least they can only go up from here, question mark. At the intermission, the broadcast team presented longtime voice of the Oilers and friend of the show, Jack Michaels, with a cake for his 50th birthday. Louis came in the booth and gave it to him, and Jack's like, you're not supposed to be here. What the heck are you doing? It was super cute. Um, they had his favorite type of cake. It's the same as mine, so that's why I wanted to mention it. It's red velvet, in case you were wondering. You're or in such case a you're red ever... velvet guy. Yeah, in case you're ever, yeah. in case you're wondering, or if you're ever playing Miles Bingo and you need the answer. So shout out to Jack. Uh, I just wrote, he really brings the energy every game. He makes it worth watching. It's so much more enjoyable than other broadcasts from teams that I've seen where they're broadcasting crew is nowhere near the quality that we get from from jack and louie and gene and the rest of the gang so we are very lucky as oilers fans to have him and hopefully we have him for a long long time brother i watched the columbus broadcast 
<laughs> it was absolutely dreadful. That sounds it, horrendous. It was, they were talking about, um, so I believe the guy that scored, was it Dmitry v- v- Voronkov? Is that what his name was? Yeah, because when I was typing the notes, I thought it was, uh, I saw D whatever, and I thought it was David Vavorny v- or whatever. Like, you remember, like, Blast from the Past? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, because I think he used to play for the Jackets, too. So I was typing yeah. it, and I was like, there's no fucking way he's still playing. And then I clicked on his name. I was like, I'm not typing that. And I just wrote yeah. a Russian guy. Yeah, they were like, they were like uh uh Vor- Vorenkov has 10 goals this season is and, and has really looked the part of a of a of a top six center and I'm like if first off who <laughs> and secondly let's pump the brakes a little bit here <laughs> you're the, the Columbus Blue Jackets no baby can we get a greedy <laughs> oh we'll get to her maybe uh second period <laughs> second period fires up and not a lot to report here as this period was scoreless and rather bland the british cuisine of periods shots are 23 13 for the blue jackets by the way oh are the orders gonna lose the streak to the blue jackets love that's how bland it was that's how bland this period was is that i had to give you a british accent fucking brutal it was a it was a scissor song snooze you know let's see <laughs> i just spat all over my mic um wowzers anyway looks like the, the looks like the oilers are back in the driver's seat as the third period starts and it looks like the oilers take the lead off of a mcdavid marker on the power play but the goal was overturned as it was rolled offside dang it i don't know if there's a team that gets more goals uh overturned than us but um here we are so still one one but the Oilers would score for real this time off of the stick of a recently red-hot teammate of the year and all-around good guy, Evander Kane. Four points in his last three games. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, can, I, can, I can eat shit. He's getting his 15th of the year on that one. Nuge and Fogle getting the assist. <laughs> 2-1 Oilers. McDavid had one called back earlier in the period, so he decides it's time to get one for real this time. Approximately 55 seconds after the Evander Kane goal, Connor gets his 17th of the year with assists to Leon Dreisaitl and Cody Ceci, and the Oilers are up 3-1 in the blink of an eye in the third period. After making his return to the lineup against his hometown Flames, Dylan Holloway picks up where he left off because, remember, he scored in the last game that he played, that game against the Kraken when he got hurt, but he gets... Uh, his second of the season in this one. And Connor Brown, point alert, he picks up the assist while Alberta's son, Brett Kulak, also gets an apple. 4-1 Oilers. Put a bow on it. That's 14 straight wins, 11 straight for Stuart Skinner, who is now 22-9-1 on the year. Talk about a bounce back. He was 27-28 in this one for a .964 save percentage. Oilers were outshot 28-24, but they went one for two on the power play and killed all four of the penalties they took. They won 25 of 49 faceoffs, good for 51%. I know that was delivered in a way that you're not accustomed to. Uh, usually we finish with the goalie numbers and start with the power play numbers, but it's worth mentioning, Nolan, in this pack of games, these three games, the Oilers penalty kill was 100%. That rocks. That's yeah, crazy. That rules. Um, I sent this to Miles last night, and I if you if you don't care about like the underlying numbers that's fine it doesn't really matter but um i just wanted to share this because this is really funny 
So the first two periods were so horrible for the Oilers that they had an expected goals for number in the first period of 24%. In the second period, it was 20.61. So they were absolutely dreadful. And in the third period, the expected goals for percentage was 99.58%. <laughs> yeah, we were we were speculating after the game as to, as to what uh, what made them pick up their socks. And a few different ideas were thrown around. Uh, any that you'd like to share? Uh, I said that I said that Matthias Eckholm probably just like unsheathed his sword from his side, <laughs> like did a said, Viking war scream. Yeah, exactly. And was like, I will chop one baby toe off of one of you if you if we don't win this game. Adam Ernie, you're losing a finger if we don't win this game. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not even in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, well, your suit looks like shit. I don't know um, if it does. I don't know why I'm picking on Adam Ernie. Poor Adam Ernie just gets sent down, and Miles and Merles is picking on him. <laughs> I'm a bad guy. Yeah. Speaking of bad guys, um, is he a bad guy? I don't think so. Yeah, because uh, do you, do you want me to take this one by Merles? Go ahead, go ahead, sir. Uh oh, it's time for an ad read. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Uh, today's Thursday. Oilers play the Blackhawks tonight. Uh, puck line is, 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 a, is a little outrageous. It's set at 2.5, so you, know, you, can get your, you can get your puck line at 2.5 at minus 110 or... Maybe you're thinking the over, the under at six and a half goals. The, the, the options are out there. Say this every week. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just five bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Scory. Scory, I'm going to do a little Scory Scory, because Scory Perry is joining the Oilers. Corey Perry. Uh, news broke from multiple insiders that the Oilers were signing Corey Perry to a vet minimum contract for the remainder of the season. Um, by the way, the moments leading up to the signing were really funny, because I just, until the Oilers actually tweeted that they have signed Corey Perry to a contract, I was not willing to give it, like, say, hey, this is actually happening, because it just, it just seemed kind of too good to be true. Um, this comes off the heels of Corey Perry having his contract terminated a few months ago in Chicago. This also comes a week after we spent 10 minutes gushing about how bad we want this guy as an oiler on the last episode. Complete and utter happiness for your favorite guys at one for one. Corey Perry signed a contract for the remainder of the year at vet league minimum of 750k. Uh, there are some bonuses in there, so I think the bonuses can... I think his total deal, if they, if like, let's say where they were to like win the Stanley Cup and he plays in 100% of the games, I think he can make like 1.2 million in total or 1.25 million in total. So it's about a half a million dollars in bonuses that can go into next year. But 
they want to win a cup this year. That sounds like a next year problem. Uh, sounds like he'll join the team's game day roster after the Chicago game this week, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, his first practice was on Monday. So it's exciting. Um, but most important of all is that the guy uh, has a great career and he gets to finish his career on his own terms, not under a veil of shame. Good for Corey Perry. And I mean, I don't think you should expect him to come in and score 25 goals. Um, but hell, um, is it crazy to say that he's probably going to score before both Connor Brown and Cody Cece? Probably not. <laughs> That yeah, I, I wrote that last bit about uh, a guy coming to finish his career off on his own terms. Um, you can do your own research as to what happened and what uh, Corey Perry went through in in Chicago and how everything un- unraveled in that regard. Um, but for me, it's nice that you know he doesn't have to go into Chicago as his first game as an Oiler, get chirp, yeah. deal with all the mental health problems or issues that are going to arise from that. Um, he gets to focus on playing hockey. I think he'll get to play two games with the Oilers, assuming he makes it into the roster Saturday against the Preds before the All-Star break, which will give him you know, a nice ease into a new team. The veteran presence, can't say enough about it. Um, and if you've been listening to the show since we started, we have not said very nice things about Corey Perry. Like, <laughs> you, I mean, you think back to 2017 when the Oilers lost to the Ducks in the second round. Corey Perry was like, very high on my list of people that I would purge if I could. Okay. And that's nothing against Corey Perry. He's had a great career. He's he's a son of a bitch to play against. Probably top four or five rats in the NHL. And, I mean, now we got him. Now we finally have that yeah. instigator kind of player. Not that Evander Kane wasn't. I mean, he plays with that swaggy kind of in-your-face, fuck-you attitude. But Corey Perry's a different breed of of rat. Oh, he's a, he is a dirty rat. That's exactly it. Like, I hate to say this, but there are going to be plenty of hits and plenty of little moves that Corey Perry makes on the ice that I will not be able to defend whatsoever. But if it goes uncalled, does it lead to a Stanley Cup? Okay. (laughs) I'm okay with it, whatever. Um, And I mean, the thing is, is that the guy still has a lot of skill. Like, he's still really good at hockey. He's just a little slow. And that's okay. Like, but he also has cup pedigree, man. Like, this guy has been to the cup final now one, two, three, four, four times because he did that like back to back to back where he was mm-hmm. Dallas, Montreal, Tampa. And then plus, obviously, the big cup win in um, in Anaheim in the beginning of his career. So, man, I'm really excited. I think he's going to add a lot of leadership to this team. I think he's going to add a lot of experience. And like Connor McDavid said uh, in his interview earlier this week or in his presser earlier this week, um, you know, that, that, that stuff is unteachable. Like, as lame as it is to say and as corny as it is to say, and I usually don't put a lot of stock in it, it does matter. And especially when you're getting guys for free, I think that's more than okay. Bring those guys on because that, that, that brings a lot of value to the locker room. Seems like a great fit. All the guys uh, in their interviews are excited about uh, having him on the team. Corey Perry's excited about the opportunity. He's got something to prove. I I love it. I'm really excited to see him get out there. And the fact, this isn't the line combo that I want, but the fact that we can have a KD Perry line is kind of cool. That'd be very cool. Yeah, the, I would, the, I would really the, like that. The cane dry Perry line. We could have a KD Perry line T or the Kane or the uh Kane Dylan Holloway. Uh, yeah, I mean and that line. would be more likely and that would be even more attractive. Yeah. 
I think that would be a really good idea if you're to reunite McDavid or sorry McLeod, Drysaddle, and Fogle, and then run that run that line of Kane, Holloway, and Perry. Just a couple of pieces of shit on the wings while <laughs> Dylan Holloway gets to go to work. Dylan Holloway skate as fast as you possibly can. Yeah, get that these, puck and let those boys grind. <laughs> these guys will be making room for you. Um, choo choo, Dylan. Choo friggin' choo. Speaking of choo choo, uh, I wanted to start this. I wanted to start a little segment this week, and I think I want to do it for the rest of the season. I don't know how much content I'll be able to get out of it because it all depends on who has a good week. But I want to start doing a thing where we just kind of do a quick spotlight on one player in the organization, whether it's a player on the Oilers or it's a draft pick or it's a guy playing the AHL. Hell, maybe it's a coach. Who knows? Um, but I want to do a quick spotlight this week on Warren Fogle. Uh, Warren Fogle obviously has been uh, has been the subject of a lot of talk around the Oilers fan base, and uh, he's currently a pending UFA. And Miles alluded to that earlier because he's a contract year merchant. Um, so naturally speaking, you don't want to get too, too, too excited over a guy that's putting up uh, almost basically double career numbers in a, in a contract year. Um, however, since the beginning of the winning streak, Miles, on December 21st, our guy War and Peace has six goals and 15 points over those 14 games, okay? Mm-hmm. 14 of those 15 points have come at five on five, and that includes an expected goals 4% of 57.8%. Miles, that 14 of those, of those 15 points at 5-on-5, five five, that leads the entire National Hockey League. Yeah, I saw a graph that yeah. over the win streak, he's also leading the Oilers in points. Yeah. And um, over this streak, he's ahead of McDavid and Dreisaitl. Like, this guy's a fucking driver. Now, with that being said... Uh, his numbers are pretty juiced because he does have a five-point outburst in there, and all five of those points did come at five-on-five. Five. So there is something to be said about that, but it doesn't make it like it's it's still incredibly impressive. Because if you were to even eliminate that game, he'd still have ten points in thirteen games at five-on-five. Five. Like that, that's really or sorry, uh, ten points in thirteen games in all situations, um, which are essentially doubling his career numbers. So Miles. The question is, what would a fair deal look like for Warren Fogle, and how would we feel about a resign? Ooh, um, what's he making now? His contract from 2. Carolina, two point seven five. It was the contract Ken Holland signed when he got traded post Bear, right? Yeah, because he signed yeah. he signed that contract right when he got traded to Edmonton. Hmm. I'll let you take the lead on this because I'm not sure what his market value would be. It's hard to pin him down. Um, I think maybe try to sign him to a bridge, see if he can replicate it for another two years or something like that. Pay him roughly the same, maybe three mil, and see what you can do. So I think the guy that is probably most alike him, and this is what kind of concerns me, is Ivan Barbashev. Because Ivan Barbashev came from St. Louis. Um, I guess he did have a previous career high of 60 points. So that that does make sense right there. But um, Ivan Barbashev ended up getting a deal. I mean, so he had 60 points the year before um, the year before last. So he just signed his con. Ivan Barbashev just signed his extension this last summer. So after the Golden Knights playoff run uh, and bef- the season before that, he hit 60 points, which is the- his career high. And before that, his career high was 26 points in a season. So pretty similar numbers to Warren Fogle. 
and I believe he was, yeah, 27-28 when he signed it, and Warren Fogle is about 27-28 right now. Uh, now, with that being said, the contract that Bar- Barbashev signed was a five-year, $25 million contract. So that is $5 million per year. Um, if that's I, what... yeah. If that's what Fog Daddy wants is a five mil per season, I don't I think the Oilers could find production elsewhere. I agree with that. I think what would be the smart option is to see, hey, if you want to come back for like I'd go three and a half for him, maybe. Three and a half, three seven five is probably the the most I'd go, like a million dollar raise. Cause at the end of the day, like he hasn't proven this for multiple seasons. Because how often have we been on this show being like God damn it, can Warren Fogel please convert on one of these chances? And now he's actually starting to convert, which is great, but is this just a hot is this just a hot streak or is this the start of a new chapter in Warren Fogel's career? It's tough to say, but that's why you draft well and that's why you try and develop young talent. With that being said, is that going to uh, is that going to happen with some of these young guys that they have in Bakersfield? Uh remains to be seen. But <laughs> um but yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. I I I would probably try and see if you can get him on a shorter term deal but i don't think i'd want to bring him back for for much more than like i said three three seven five is maybe the highest i'd go on that one so uh it's something to think about and it's gonna be an interesting story to follow along as the season goes on um speaking of speaking of bakersfield yeah speaking of bakersfield jack campbell is four oh and four oh and oh in his last four starts with a nine thirty six save percentage in Bakersfield. Um, I got the stat on Twitter from uh, uh, NHL Watcher. They did all the calculations and shit, so I don't want to take that as my own. Um, cool. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I think respectfully. We, yeah, um, yeah. Since I, I, that, since that mother effer has gone down to Bakersfield, he's been down. He's been up, he's been down, and now he's up again. He's Jack Campbelling in Bakersfield. Um, cool, great, moving on is how I feel about that I stat. think what, what should be happening is Ken Holland should write down those numbers. He should go to his scouting staff and say, all right, guys, we are going to call up a rival general manager and try and dump Jack Campbell. <laughs> because say, hey, look at this. Yeah, you, you, you listeners thought I was going to say call up Jack Campbell. Ha ha ha. I am not so silly. Ha ha ha. I am not so gullible about the numbers. Uh, So yeah, I, um, I completely agree with you. We need to please stop. Please stop making Jack Campbell happen. It's not going to happen. You should go back to, uh, I feel like the only GM that's like intelligent enough to make that decision is like Bradshaw living, but there's no way that he goes back to Toronto. (laughs) Probably not. Pizza I boy. man, your living is so bad. <laughs> Toronto, you're always getting shit from the bad boys of Oiler podcasting. Did you see? Did you see that story about Ryan Reeves? What like which one? The one that came out like a week ago. Um, he got interviewed by Luke Fox of Sportsnet and basically said that uh, before he got signed. Uh, both of his kneecaps didn't work and he like gets up in the morning and like they pop in and out of place and he has to wear knee braces to play hockey. Oh my goodness. And so he's pissed off that he can't play hockey. And he said, apparently he said that the Toronto management knew about this before they signed him and they still signed him to a three-year contract when he's 36 years old. Would you not have like 
done a physical. <laughs> yeah, they had a physical as a requirement to get the contract? You'd think so. So that brings me back to, oh my God, did they seriously sign a 36-year-old with busted knees to a three-year contract? I think so. Toronto um, keeps yeah. winning. Hell yeah, dude. This, that, that's, that's great stuff to see. They, they must love all of their acquisitions right now. <laughs> Nolan, are you ready for the new segment of the show? Yes, I am. I'm excited. Are you, exci- are you excited? Yes. Is your mind clear? Let me just have a glass of water here. Have a quick sip of water and hydrate while I tell the folks at home what's going on. If you've never been on TikTok before, there's a little thing that the folks are doing on on that app where you blind rank players as I give them to you. He's got one through five. I'm going to give Nolan five carefully selected first overall NHL picks one at a time that he will have to rank one through five. No edits once a name is slotted in. Number one being the best and number five being the worst. Nolan, do you have any yes. questions before we get started? Or do you want to uh, get this get this thing going? I think I'd like to get this thing started. Perfect. So yeah. for your first blind ranking of first overall picks, you have Vincent LeCavalier. I'm going to put Vinny LeCavalier at four. Four. Interesting. Just making a note of that quick here. Vinny LeCavalier at four, the guy who's got 1,200 career games played, 949 points, one Stanley Cup, and one Rocket Richard, slotting in at four. Next up, you have Mr. Maple Leaf, Matt Sundin. Two. Two. Big pick for big Matt's. Uh, Matt Sundin, 1,346 games played, 1,349 points. He's got one Mark Messier leadership award. I don't know what else he's got for individuals. but uh, He never won a hard trophy? That's awfully shocking. I yeah, I don't know. That's uh shout-out hockey DB for that one. Wow. Okay, so you're giving him number two. Got it. Um, Next up, Sidney Crosby. Number one. I think you have to. Once you've got Sundin yeah. in there at at uh, at two, you got to go with Crosby at one. Um, so we've got Crosby one, Sundin two, Vinny LeCavalier four. Where are you putting Mike Medano? Three. Okay. So that means Joe Thornton's going in at five. Fuck. <laughs> not not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Not um, bad. Because. Uh... Yeah, Sundin doesn't have a cup, but Crosby, Medano, and um, and uh, Le Cavalier all have cups. Oh yeah, and Le have cups. Yeah. So how how would you have done that looking back? How would you have altered those guys? What would your list be? Uh, so I'd go Le Cavalier at five. I'd go Medano at four. I'd go Thornton at th- no. Uh... That's a tough. That's a tough one. Tough one is the is the conversation between Matt Sundin and Joe Thornton for two. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's really where it comes down. They're close, but yeah. Um, like but yeah, I I I would personally go Jumbo at two. Yeah, I think I would agree with you on that one. Yeah, because like his Jumbo's apex, like the highest the highest point of his career was he was the best center in the national or well. Yeah, yeah, because that, that was Crosby's rookie year. So, yeah, he was the best center in the National Hockey League. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I would say yeah one one two three yeah okay. So I yeah J- jumbo at five's tough. Way she goes. Yeah. That's why they're called the blind ranking, and that's why they're fun to talk about. And I hope you enjoyed a little bit of the blind <laughs> Hope you enjoyed a little bit of the trip down memory lane. And, you know, maybe if you're on your coffee break, you have some time to peruse those hockey DBs. You do so and, and remember playing with them in NHL when you're growing up or uh, look back at some sick old jerseys. Also, this was the biggest this the fact that this is the biggest takeaway from this for me is is kind of sad. Um, I was looking through Joe Thornton's pictures, like mugshots throughout the years. Yeah, on hockey DB. He is so handsome without a beard. Oh yeah, he's a good looking dude. Incredibly handsome. Why yeah. is he growing out the big fucking beard, man? He's good looking dude. Cause he's that cause he's like a he's like a he's like a California surfer bro now. Is he's that like, what it is? I think so. I think he's so like so uh um he's got like sun spots all over him from being in that <laughs> San Jose sun all the time. He's like uh I saw the sun. Yeah, he uh yeah, he's just he's converted completely to like he exclusively shops at Whole Foods. No, he's like an Arowan guy. I have, no, an... I, I have no idea what Arowan is. You don't know what Arowan is? No. Oh my goodness. So it's like it's like the it's the new Whole Foods, but it's like for the uber rich. Like Haley Hell Bieber yeah. has a eighteen dollar smoothie that you can get yes, there. Yes, we love uh, to see that. Yeah, dude. Like their hot food is apparently like super good, but it's like thirty six bucks for a, a little smash burger, and like yeah. it's it's insane. It's just milking like dumb Beverly Hills people for all that they can get, and it's there, funny. There, there's this guy that pops up on my Instagram. Um, You've probably seen him before, and it's like that guy that he does the he makes like the TikToks about oh I I live I live just a normal life I want to glorify my normal nine to five job oh Hube's life or whatever yeah that guy yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like and it's like it's normal it's it's normal to not want to cook and it's like every one of his videos he's always ordering like Uber Eats or DoorDash or whatever I'm like do you realize how expensive that is that is <laughs> that's glorified. not normal <laughs> yeah that's not normal my friend. And it's like he does grocery shopping, goes to Whole Foods, and you see some of the price of the food that he's buying. It's like, that's not normal. Normal is going to Walmart. <laughs> and it's like, where's the great value? Um, what was the other? Oh, yeah, the last thing I was going to mention, too, with this guy is like he um, he pours a beer in the worst way I've ever seen in my life. He just cracks the beer and just dumps it all. Yeah, it's so foamy. All of it. He's got a dog, right? Like he's always yeah. walking the dog. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I, I watch those videos and it makes me, I'm like, yeah, you know, my life's kind of normal. And then I see him do that shit and I'm like, oh, my life's not fucking normal. Yeah, and I'm not, I hear, a, and I'm not I see, a Cowboys fan. He, oh yeah. That's that's the toughest part about that. He's like, oh, b- big Cowboys game day. <gasps> not, not, a, <laughs> not a normal way to live your life. Um, it's, it's all, it's just, it's also one of those things too, where it's like, this is my normal life. And it's like, man, you've got a really nice house, nice clothes. Man, does my life just suck or what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? He's like married. You see pictures of him or of like their wedding, and it looks beautiful. They're going on these lavish vacations. I'm like, man, am I just a piece of shit? <laughs> oh, fuck well. vloggers is the moral of the story. Be a podcaster. Yeah. Be Hell angry. Yeah. Hell yeah, let's go, boys. Um, oh. This is yeah. heel turn. Yeah, this is a really, we're about to go a very, very, very 
very hard left turn. Um, you want me to take we'll, it? Uh, it doesn't matter. I can take it. You can take it. Whatever you want to do. We're moving into the NHL shit portion of the episode. Um, the way that we do this is we give you a bold title and then we give you the information. First one, let's get this out of the way. Four NHL players and one Swiss League player have gotten indefinite excused absences from their various teams. This also breaks uh, at the same time that the London Police Department is asking five players from the 2018 Canada World Junior Team to turn themselves in. Draw what conclusions you may and check the names if you feel so inclined. That's about all we're going to say on that. Yeah, it's we're not going to do the there's a lot of uh in quotations investigative journalists on on Twitter right now that are kind of doing a lot of sort of back and forth and I think that uh it, it's normal to do that. It totally is, but we don't want to do too much of that right now until there's a little bit more uh information as per what's going on. Um however, I we're going to bring this up a little bit later about the news that the NHL dropped, uh, but the move of dropping their other news on the same day that the NHL definitely knew this was coming out um, is just abhorrent. A, De- a, definition of tone deaf. Yeah, a def- tone deaf, just garbage. Um, yeah, it's just, it's classic NHL, for lack of a better term, and it, it really sucks to say. Okay. We're going to do a hard right turn now, so we're going to get back on the the fun side. Um, because uh, I, I can't hear you because I've got two NHL coaching jobs plugging my ears. The New York Islanders have fired head coach Lane Lambert and hired Hall of Fame goaltender and former Avs head coach Patrick Waugh to take over behind the bench. Uh, Patrick Waugh, he didn't remember, uh, was most recently coaching the Quebec Rampart of the QMJHL where he had, when you combine his pre-abs run, a 524-255-3 record, and just this year won his first QMJHL championship as well as a Memorial Cup. Um, If you don't remember, Patrick Waugh took over in the 13-14 season for the Colorado Avalanche, uh, put them on a you're going to remember this term, PDO bender, uh, where they shot the ever-loving daylights out of everybody. Nathan McKinnon went on to win the Calder Trophy, and Semyon Varlamov stopped everything that was in front of him, which led to Patrick Waugh winning the Jack Adams and the Colorado Avalanche getting swiftly eliminated in the first round. <laughs> um, so, Miles, what, have, have, are you happy to see Patrick Waugh back behind a bench? So Patrick Waugh, like as a as a kid who grew up playing hockey and grew up playing the goaltender position, Patrick Waugh is my favorite hockey player, like one of my favorite hockey players of all time. I love yeah. Patrick Waugh. He's my favorite goalie of all yeah. time. Everybody wanted to be him with the coho pads. Guy's a legend. Um, as a coach, awesome sound bites. You hear the way he says analytics? <laughs> Analytic? not even oh. <laughs> like he doesn't even it doesn't even it's it's not english it's it's insanity um so i think we're gonna get a lot of funny shit coming out of long island uh the headbutting that's gonna go on between him and the lamorellos is gonna be magic uh this should just be good pageantry all around i'm excited yeah I, and um i was reading some stuff on twitter regarding this hire and apparently since he came back to quebec um, after his abs run, 
Uh, which, by the way, he just like quit like before the season started. He was like, "Fuck this, I am out," <laughs> which is really funny. <laughs> and uh, I think that was actually the year. Um, yeah, because that was Jared Bednar's first season, which was the famous Matthew Shane clip or the famous Matthew Shane picture of him on Media Day. And <laughs> do you remember that? No, it was when Matthew Shane had asked for a trade out of Colorado, and they still hadn't traded him yet. And there's like the picture he took on Media Day, and he just like will not smile whatsoever. He's the <laughs> most like miserable looking man. Um, but apparently Patrick Waugh, since he's come back to the QMJHL, his teams have been amongst the most structured, most prepared in the league, and are um, like he has turned into a hell of a coach. So I'm excited to see if he's actually like a different coach than he was back in the day because. I remember back then he got pissed off because Matt Duchesne celebrated for scoring his 30th in a season. So um, hopefully he's he's a little bit cooler this time. But yeah, he's always been weird. I think this is this is a perfect place for him in boring New York. The definition of rock star hockey player. Yes, sir. Yeah. Speaking of rock stars. There you go. Teed you up and you fucking (laughs) hammered it. Let's go. The NHL All-Star Game has announced their celebrity coaches. Um, the players that will be, I guess, picking the teams, um, their co-captains, and then which celebrities are going to be joining them on the bench. So Team Matthews, Austin Matthews, Mr. Toronto is obviously with Mr. Toronto, Justin Bieber, and his co-captain is Morgan Riley. So Team Matthews with Bieber and Riley. Team McDavid, our team, the team we're stoked to see. I think they're wearing red? Uh, No, they're wearing white. White? White? Nice. Team White, Team McDavid, with co-captain Leon Dreisaitl and celebrity coach Will Arnett. Fucking decent. It is, but... Will Arnett's sweet, man. It, Will Arnett's it is funny. Sweet, but you know, we all know who it should have been. Who? It should have been Chad. Oh! <laughs> How would it not be Chad? It should have been Chad this entire time. You're right. It makes sense. But yeah. Will, I know Will Arnett's a big hockey guy. Yeah, he, Will Arnett's been, sick. I do like Will yeah. Arnett a lot. But the Chad 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 Kruger X crossover would have been fucking legendary. Yeah. Um, speaking of a legendary crossover, we've got Team Jack and Quinn Hughes, who are brothers, but not including their brother Luke, who plays for the Devils. He did not make the All-Star game, so brother Jack of the Devils and brother Quinn of the Canucks who did make the All-Star game. Luke of the Devils will be at home. Jack and Quinn will be at the game and they will be with Michael Bublé. Not related to the Hughes brothers. Not related to the Hughes brothers. I know that can be confusing that they are all related. Uh, Makes sense. Mr. West Coast with with Quinn Hughes from Vancouver. Um, I don't know. Cool. He's a huge cocky guy. (laughs) He's a huge hockey guy. Apparently he has like Apparently, him and Chad both have like ice rinks in their basements. Oh, that's sick! I know this guy's so, rock. So, bo- the bu- bubbly Buble going to be hanging out with the Hughes brothers, but Luke will not be there. And last but not least, in the middle finger of all middle fingers, Team Nathan McKinnon, featuring co-captain Kale McCarr, will be captained by recording artist and dancer Tate McRae. The horniest bench of all time. Cole Sillinger is fuming. Um, funny, I guess. I don't know. Like, so you've got uh, you've got Justin Bieber, Will Arnett, Michael Bublé, and Tate McRae. 
It just is is interesting. Women can like hockey. Women should like hockey. I know she's from Calgary, probably a big. She's a bit, yeah. She's a big Flames fan. Big Flames fan, so cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, fuck you, Cole Cylinder is basically what the NHL did here, and I think that that's really funny because like the day before they announced, not even the day before, I think three days before, it was long enough that people like got media attention on it. So three or four days or whatever, fact check me, before the NHL announced this captaincy, Tate McRae went on a podcast and talked about how Cole Sillinger, when he was dating her, was cheating on her profusely, ripping Tinder and just being a dirtbag. Her words. Obviously, we weren't there. But um, very funny that the NHL was then like, do, 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 Tate McRae behind the bench (laughs) as one of their promising young stars is getting dragged through the mud did you hear uh did you hear what the oilers like pa announcers did last night no i did did not uh they played vicious by tate mccray through the speakers at rogers place oh which just rules and um and i'm pretty sure the oilers um the lady that does the oilers admin work she actually she i think she tweet yeah she tweeted something about uh she tweeted something about Tate McRae and uh, uh, Cole Sillinger, but um, yeah, it's 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 great. It, it, um, did you happen to see uh, under like the NHL's Facebook or the NHL's Instagram when they announced that Tate McRae was going to be one of the um, was going to be one of the captains? Um, like all the olds commenting, who? <laughs> yeah, the the comments were funny. Depending on what platform you went on and seeing what the folks were saying was was worth a laugh. Like, yeah. Um, good stuff i am grateful though that the nhl didn't do like john krasinski and oh jenna fisher yeah or you know what i mean like just played into the old kind of things so it is cool that they're gonna have like bieber being there is is sick in my opinion i'm i'm a big bieber guy like i'm just such a fan of his music acting and art so it'll be cool to see him there will arnett like love him good actor funny buble whatever tate mccray i think that that's cool that they're going that new like gen z direction so hopefully that that gets some some folks tuning in and and helps grow the game yeah except there there there's gonna be a couple bonks on oh yeah absolutely absolutely that bench is gonna be crazy um Uh, um oh i was gonna say too do you know what's my favorite part about justin bieber are are his fits i love that he just doesn't give a fuck about how he looks when he leaves the house oh dude he is he's on my mount rushmore of spicy white boys like i i I love it i love it so much he'd be so fun to hang out with i think I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, cause we grew up with Bieber, right? Where yeah. like when he was coming up and every girl that you liked was like, you're never going to be him. You're not Justin Bieber. And you're like, fuck that guy, man. I didn't even ask to be. <laughs> and then he went like, you know, culture vulture and he thought he was a rapper and he had weird neck tats. And then he was being a shit, like yeah. throwing fruit at houses and driving and his Lambos. Yeah, all he went through yeah. his dumb phase, and now that he's like grown up and kind of settled into his lane, I I'm a fan. I like what he's doing. The tide turned for me on him when he did the roast. Do you remember the Justin Bieber roast? I do. Yeah, those clips live in infamy. Yeah, and he did. Uh, but he had his speech at the end where he basically he obviously roasted everybody because that's what you do at the end of the roast. Um, and then he ended off by saying like. 
I was really young when I came into all the success and all this fame, and I'm really sorry for any of the um any of my misgivings or whatever and then just said i hope you all realize that i learned from my mistakes and i want to be a better man from it and i'm like man that is really mature from like a 20 year old yeah shout out yeah yeah shout out jb shout out jb so we're looking forward to seeing uh the, the player draft speaking of the player draft nolan bring in the replacements vincent trocek and kyle connor are going to be all-stars for Betsy and Jack Eichel as they are out and they are hurt. Seems like a flop of a replacement opportunity to moi. Uh, Vinny Trocek has 44 points in 46 games this year. Loki a yawn. Kyle Connor has missed some time this year as he's been injured, but he's got 29 points in 29 games. Also seems like a bit of a yawn to me, but kudos to the NHL that they didn't just go with like Black two, oh. yeah, a Blackhawk and a, and a lowly Knights player, you know, mm-hmm. which is something they could have done. Um, but shame on them for not getting ZMH and, uh, and Bush bomb. I mean, they probably already booked vacations. They're probably just like, get me the hell out of here. So these are just two guys that are like, guy, guys got nothing going on. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Hey, uh, Vincent, uh, just wondering, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you got going on, uh, this weekend? You want to go to Toronto? Hey, all right, Kyle. What do you got going on? Uh, nothing. Just gonna stare into the blue light of my phone screen for a few days. <laughs> what about you? Uh, you want to go to Toronto? Rip, rip some genos. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm gonna show everybody in Toronto my ugliness. <laughs> Kyle Connor, please be our friend. Yeah. Uh, Shout out Kyle Connor. Be- Betsy, come back. Be- oh, be- okay. Enough. <laughs> Uh, Bedsy come back, sad face. Connor Bedard will be out another six weeks as he recovers from his Miles broken jaw. Miles is actually jaw. a round of applause. <laughs> Luke Richardson said, uh, talk to me in a month. He might be closer than sucks. He had to, uh, this is genuine. This is yeah. a genuine comment. It sucks. He had to sit out his first game in Vancouver. Uh, also fucking hilarious that the NHL would schedule the phenom to play his hometown game on a Monday night in January. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's that's well, yeah belligerent behavior. But it's the NHL. Would we expect any different? No, I, I would honestly be surprised if they would have given him like a Saturday night return or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that would have been mind blowing. I know this is like once again we're just off the beaten path, but you know what? I think this is a great episode for it. Do you remember when Sid came back from his broken jaw, or sorry, from his concussion? Sorry. The, the like the first time and then he got another one or when yeah, he came back it was it was a wednesday night and they changed the broadcast it was against the islanders and they changed it to a hockey night in canada broadcast and they got the entire panel on board um they had they had like coach's corner and all that like they had everybody all together for hockey night in canada because Sidney crosby was coming back and it was like a huge event and he came back and i think within the first like five minutes he scored a goal and it was just the best. We're like sitting okay, so, back. Okay, so, so that was the return return, not the mini return where he got another concussion like right after. I think he got a concussion after that. I think that was the very first return. Oh, shoot. Yeah, because he, yeah, cause, but I remember that being a, being a huge game. And then I think he played two or three games and then got another one. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. But that's sick that the NHL had the foresight at that point to like make a Absolutely. spectacle of it, right? Yeah. As it should be, right? You're getting yeah. a premier player of the game back, like face the NHL coming back off injury, and uh, good for them. I'm 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 looking this up right now. 
I don't know why, but yeah, that was the, uh, oh yeah, because he missed the first 20 games, and then he returned on November 21st in a game against the Islanders, scoring two goals and two assists in a 5 nothing shutout. However, after playing another seven games, his concussion-like symptoms returned. Because he got he mocked went, again. Yeah, and then he didn't yeah. play until March. Just sad. Well, four point nine in your first game back is uh, this is this is foreshadowing rock star behavior. Absolutely, yeah, sick. Love speaking of speaking of rock star behavior, uh, mm-hmm. scorgasm. The Boston Bruins beat the Montreal Canadiens nine to four on January twentieth. That is a lot of goals. The Bruins franchise record is fourteen goals in a game. The highest in NHL history is the Montreal Canadiens with 16. And the lowest in NHL history is Vegas and Minnesota with eight, which makes sense because the old teams would have more chances and more decades of hockey to score more goals in a game. And the new teams would have uh, more structure and defense and technology on their side to score less goals in a game. So I'm not surprised, but yeah, I don't know, nine in a game kind of, Kind of fucking crazy. A lot of goals. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen a couple. You remember when uh, San Jose went back-to-back with 10 goals? Like, 10 goals against the season? That happened. That was oh, Vancouver and Pittsburgh, I think. I don't remember that because San Jose's decline has been just something else. It's been far, it's been far too depressing. <laughs> well, I mean, like not for me. I don't really give a fuck. But it's kind of, I just, yeah, they're tanking right. They're tanking hard. Mm-hmm. To the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, not fun to Uh, see. This might come as a surprise to folks that have been listening to the show for the past couple of years, but I am officially taking the Philadelphia Flyers off of the shit list. Not because of how they've been playing, but because of what they've been playing. Uh, Mm -hmm, uh. mm -hmm. The Philadelphia Flyers have been hot. They are sparky, but they're officially getting off my shit list because they are fun. Case in point, after beating the Dallas Stars 4-1, to reporters noticed hearing the Squirtle saxophone song playing on a loop blasting from the locker room. Since then, others have reported that they have played it in the weight room, locker room, and that it's basically the team's anthem. I cannot imagine Torts knows the story behind that, but I can definitely see him like full Blues Brothers mode in the middle of the room, hitting an air sax after a big win, sparking the boys to infinity. So... Very funny that is coming down the Wells Fargo and you're like, oh my God, Owen Tippett's after it again. Did you see, uh, did you see the video of Travis Konechny getting like the train started on the ice? Like all the players were basically lining up and grabbing onto each other. They were doing a train around the ice. Like Torts is losing his mind. Oh, but they're having Um, fun, man. They're playing fun hockey. They are. I, I, for for their own sake though and also for our sake too they need to start making some trades though like i understand they're in a playoff spot but golly gee willikers don't turn this into a playoff team get like sean walker needs to be traded for an asset you guys need to make the smart move um miles i do have to say the one thing about the saxophone squirtle that is stolen valor from whomst uh, from the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets have been doing this for a while. Oh, and really? They've like, they've like made it theirs. Yeah, mm, yeah. Flyers. Um, if you uh, Flyers yeah, now. If, okay. Um, if you follow Dmitry Filipovich on Twitter, he's very he uh he's been documenting the use of saxophone squirtle 
for the last little while and uh, how much of an impact it's made on the city of Winnipeg. So uh, that's great to see anyways, because I think it's funnier when it's the Flyers because it's just it's really just the torts factor more than anything. I think so. Yeah, because I yeah. could see like I could see Rick Bonus would make it like not cool. You know, he'd be like, what's this groovy tune? And he'd yeah. like, start dad dancing and he'd be like, ah, fuck, dude, stop. Yeah. But like just picturing the Flyers, young guys having fun in the room, going going bananas. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool stuff. Minus one flyer, potentially, hypothetically. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, NHL expanding to Utah. Uh, the Smith Entertainment Group in Utah are making a push to bring hockey to the Mormon state. The NHL made an official statement today calling Utah a promising hockey market. They look forward to continuing discussions. Um, obviously, we mentioned this earlier that the NHL dropped this piece of information. Uh, at the same time that all the news was coming out about the 2018 World Junior Team. Um, terrible, once again, by the NHL. And, um, you know, to be completely honest, Miles, I don't want to see uh, another expansion team. Yeah, I don't think that the NHL needs to expand right now. I think that there's other leagues that are um in need of or or do for an expansion as it were like the nfl hasn't had a new team since 2004 um been sitting at 32 if any league is going to expand in my opinion i think it would probably be the nfl um maybe possibly i don't know maybe i'm wrong whatever i think the nba would would make the most because the nba is going to get vegas and seattle again and Mm -hmm. um or well vegas and then they're going to bring back seattle but the NBA is so like has so much talent right now that it, it just it makes sense to expand more. Yeah, um, I think thirty two is fine. I think thirty two is a good max number. That's eight eight per eight per division. Like that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, retracting my football statement or going back to my football statement, two teams wouldn't make sense for you know an expansion. The NFL it would fuck mm-hmm. up all the division yeah. uh, alignments and whatnot. So like if the NFL was ever going to expand, they'd have to do it a little bit more thoughtfully and. Uh, maybe do it all within one conference or whatever the nhl yeah i think 32 is fine myself <clears throat> places i would rather see an nhl team before seeing one in utah or salt lake um would be saskatoon kansas city quebec city or atlanta third times the charm in atlanta that's my I'm list sorry. anyway if we are if we cannot even get the Arizona Coyotes to get their shit together. Let's get that taken care of before we talk about expansion. And I well, understand that expansion's free money to the league. I get it, yeah. but come on. So I was reading something on Twitter, and again, uh, Twitter journalists, who knows how true it is, but the guy did have like 90,000 followers in a blue check. Um, apparently, uh, this is like a get your ass in gear thing for the Coyotes because they have not secured um, like building plans or anything yeah. like that for a new arena. And apparently the NHL had, this is apparently had a soft deadline with them for the all-star break to have something lined up. And the fact that they don't, they're like, well, Utah is right here. So might not be an expansion, potentially a relocation. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't know if Utah's got yeah. the infrastructure or the rink or anything like that yet, but uh, interesting. I mean, they've got, um, they've got the arena that the jazz, that the jazz play in. So I'm sure they could make that into a hockey arena. 
Um, I think Houston's the other the other one that has been discussed a lot. I think Houston makes a lot of sense. Um, if you're just going to go based off of like demographic and the amount of traffic you could bring in, having having two TV Texas market teams, population, yeah, everything exactly, yeah. and like Houston's a Houston's a crazy cultural city. Like you you, I mean, you can have a very large geographic footprint from that. So, um, yeah, I. Like I said, personally, I don't want to see any more expansion teams in the NHL because at that point, it's just an excuse to just get money, which I have no I have no problem with the NHL trying to get more money. I completely agree with it, but I think you're going to water down your product when you're bringing in a bunch of these markets that ultimately are going to fail. If it's not, I mean, we've already saw the, we already saw the fears with Seattle earlier this season where they weren't selling out home games. Like, you can't. Like when you add another team, you just add more stress of another team coming into the league. Is like, are these guys hitting their numbers that they need to hit every? Or are these guys hitting their numbers that they need to hit every year? Like, are season ticket holders renewing at the rate that we need them to? So, it's something that has to be taken into consideration. So, um, yeah. Speaking of taken into consideration, <laughs> oof, Maron, PLD as an LAK is SAD. I like that. Todd McClellan was asked, thank you, what he's seeing from Pierre-Luc Dubois without the puck and said, and I quote, at the end of the day, whether Pierre-Luc or PL gets four minutes or gets 24 minutes, he has to be a difference maker. And with or without the puck, we've gone through this long enough. It's time. In 44 games, end quote. In 44 games, Pierre-Luc Dubois has nine goals and 10 assists and is a minus 13 for the LA Kings. Wow. A guy who got kicked off of two teams because he was a crybaby asshole isn't solving the problem you thought he was going to on your team. That's crazy. Wow. I mean, this is this is something that we should have expected from Pierre-Luc Dubois. Apparently, at the beginning of the season, by the way, he tried to change his name to P.L. Dubois. And I'm like, huh? Where'd that come from? Um, He's such a dick, man. Yeah, like, get out of here. I- I've never um, met him, but I just get, he's just an asshole. I know a lot of, uh, I know like a lot of hockey Twitter, uh, people think he's like a good looking dude, but it's like, he is, hey, he's man, handsome. Yeah. He's a handsome guy. Um, uh, but you know, it's not so handsome. His attitude. Right? <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> and yeah, it seems like, I mean, I don't understand how you could give this guy eight years. I, I, I don't agree with that. And we even talked about it when we broke down the trade, when we first, uh, when we first started the season back up this year, like we both thought Winnipeg won that trade just because they got deeper and they got players that were arguably better. Like that's got to suck watching Gabe Velarde play as well as he is in Winnipeg and be like, Oh no, our eight and a half million dollar center that we have signed for almost 10 years. Is, he sucks. <laughs> oh no. The guy that's going to force Quentin Byfield though. Cause we don't have enough money to pay him. Isn't what we thought he oh, was. No. Damn it. It's damn it. The also the irony of the player that Pierre Luc Dubois is like marketed as, which is this like big six foot three center that's like stingy in both areas and he's just a prick to play against. But when he doesn't get his way, he's actually kind of soft and is kind of invisible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, I, that rocks. I think he's got one more kick in the can getting dealt to, and I hate to pile this on because I feel like I've been really mean to French Canadians. Uh, he's got one more kick in the can in Montreal, just as like a Jersey sale, finally give him everything that he wants to be happy, like city wise, culture wise, whatever. Um, and then he's done. Like this dude is not cut out for it. In my opinion. 
I, I, I agree. I, I can't, I, I really, I don't want to sound mean, but I really can't stand Pierre-Claude Dubois. Yeah. He's just, um, it's yeah. really funny that, um, Patrick Laine got all this shit for being the, for being this type of player. And, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois never got any of it just until this year. And it was like, oh, he kind of quit on two hockey markets. So, um, yeah, this guy's not great. Um, Miles, people that are great though. Ah, yes, Don. Thank you very much for for teeing me up for this one. We teased this earlier in the season. Um, and I don't want to get political. I don't want to get too technical. Um, the way that I found this information got harder to find as the like website I was using went down. So that's been part of the reason why I haven't had the kooky stories, the interesting tidbits that make this segment what it is. But we're back. The Rockstar of the Week segment is back for real this time. And what better way to kick it off than something that is completely obscure and stupid and probably won't make sense to anybody. Uh, Nolan, are you familiar with the name Carlo uh, Scarpa? Carlo Scarpa? No, I am not. No, he's not a video game um, bad guy or movie bad guy. No, he sounds like it. Uh, I'm not surprised you're not uh, because he's an Italian architect and designer who died in 1978. Long story short, he was super famous and designed a bunch of like cool concert halls, big chandeliers, sanctuaries, bunch of stuff like that in Italy during his professional career. So imagine the surprise of some fucking coal miner from Virginia who stumbled across a cool-looking vase at a Goodwill that was on sale for $3.99. On a hunch, an anonymous man from Richmond, Virginia, got the vase and got it appraised and found out that it was a long-lost part of a Scarpa collection. Well, homeboy flipped it and tumbled it and got himself a $107,000 bag at auction for this vase. So uh, congrats to Goodwill Gordy. You are the return of the rock star, rock star of the week for your what, 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 what thrift shopping. That that rules, man. That that shit is like that stuff makes me want to go to like Value Village or to like an antique shop or whatever, any kind of secondhand place because you never know what you can find. Um, oh, dude, absolutely. Unfortunately, with the invention of the internet, um, it's very hard to <laughs> it's very hard to dupe people. Oh, dude. Okay, so my uh, my my best. Um, I have two good value village stories, and they're quick. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going through my old tweets the other day, Janelle yeah. and I, and she wanted to see what the beautiful brain of Miles had come up with. I had a tweet from 2013 that said going uh going thrift shopping with my mom. Needless to say, I'm going to pop some tags. Sick, <laughs> funny, hell yeah. Horrible. <laughs> Anywho, um so going back to what you were saying about like the thrill of finding something at a thrift store, best find I've ever seen in my life. Uh we were going we were going houseboating in the shoe swaps me and a couple buddies. So we oh, went yeah. to uh, we went to VV to go find some sick like dumb shirts that we cut the sleeves off of, and as we were uh, just guy stuff, right, dudes yeah. and dudes. And as we're going through the racks, um, friend of the show, uh, Teen Eye, the science guy, pulls one out and he's like, "Oh my god!" 
we look at it and it's a rock in the valley shirt from like 2004 oh of, my god of a nickelback concert shirt from rock what in the a, valley. what a find just a pull man it's yeah. like he spent five bucks on it and like guy still wears it didn't do anything with it it's just a pristine concert t-shirt that somebody's like grandpa probably donated and and made his life I the the last few that I that I ha- that I've had is um well for one I sent you um the uh the crew neck of mine that I have that you really like which is the like um the Blue Jays ALCS one from like yep. 93 uh yep. which, and that thing's in pristine condition that is a nice ass crew neck um I also very similarly when I went to Nickelback just this last summer um i went to we went to we once again went to valley village to just go buy a bunch of fucking dog shit clothing that we could cut up and i looked for a white t-shirt to go underneath my uh to go underneath my flannel shirt and i ended up finding this like this this white t-shirt that had a philadelphia eagles logo on it i'm like hell yeah this is sick and then when i brought it back to the house to cut it i'm like this is actually just a nice shirt and i like like i actually put it on I'm like this fits really well and now it's like actually a part of the actual like gym rotation and all that oh dude finding like a nice worn in t-shirt that mm-hmm. has a cool logo or like anything to it that fits nice and doesn't have to worry about shrinking is so yeah, so underrated so nice. yeah uh tip for all the folks out there if you ever buy and th- th- I got this from TikTok uh, and I've done it on a couple shirts. I, I like I like to buy vintage stuff uh, from a few like local guys that go and seek it out. And yeah, I don't know, whatever. But if you buy a, a vintage shirt and it's a little bit too like short because the dimensions of how they sold shirts back then are different than what we're used to. Mm-hmm. If you wet it, put a shitload of conditioner on it and then yeah. tighten it up into a spiral you'll get like another quarter of an inch to half an inch out of the shirt and make it fit a little bit better. Um, and it does work. Confirm for me. I actually didn't know that because I think I've actually Googled that myself because I've been like, how do I make this shirt longer? Mm-hmm. Um, because I actually, I do have a couple of shirts that are pretty short and I'm like, maybe like when I eventually am jacked one day and <laughs> I like have like a six pack, I'm actually just going to rock this. Crop tops. Yeah. Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah, a crop top when you're shaped like Zac Efron kind of hits different. Oh, yeah, but a crop top when you're shaped like... Seth I don't want to... Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, does not hit quite the same. So um, hopefully, hopefully one day the boys can wear crops. Yeah, shout out to our body posse, our body posse people. <laughs> shout out. Um, speaking of shouting out and being excited, uh, next week's agenda, we've got... Wow, two more games before the Oilers take a little bit of a break. We got a game against the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow, January 25th, and then the Nashville Predators on January 27th. And then it's a big break. And it's not just an all-star break. The Oilers get their bye week as well. Jeez, yeah, I think we they're are not back getting an, February are, 6th. Yeah, that's – so might take the week off. Or actually, you know what? No, because Miles – do you know what next week is or what next episode is? Ah, cause I, I, I found out the other day. So everybody next episode, because this episode today is our 99th episode of one for one, our Gretzky episode. So 
I was thinking about some ideas. I was going to talk about them with Miles after we finish recording, but I, I mean, we can we can maybe let you in a little bit here. Um, I was thinking maybe I wanted to do a mailbag because we haven't done a mailbag in forever, and I think we could do something fun where we maybe go over some of the All Star antics and then we can just kind of open it up for our hundredth episode. I think that'd be mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a good way to uh, connect with some of the folks that have been listening to the show for a little while and supported us. And uh, yeah, mailbag's always a good idea. We can make it just straight up, you know, questions about the show, about us and our stupid nicknames or whatever. And uh, yeah, just see what the people that are listening to want to hear. So yeah, we'll we'll set that up on Insta, Twitter and uh, make it happen. With shots of tequila, we're going to get hammered. fuck it okay sure (laughs) okay no i was kidding too that's stupid i don't want to do that (laughs) as he as 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 he gives me one of those like pointer brothers eyebrows hat's pretty low so you can't see but i'm giving you the eye nolan is there anything else you would like to add or should we wrap up the 99th episode of one for one let's do it let's let's wrap it up wrap it up thank you for joining us for the 99th episode of the one for one podcast better known as season four episode 14 i said it was going to be the one i was the most excited for and i think it held through i think there was lots of good stuff i had a lot of fun i hope you did too and i hope that you listening had fun too and that you go buy some shirts that are vintage and are too small and then you try the conditioner trick and it works really good or maybe you don't and you uh clean your closet out and donate shirts and then somebody finds one of those shirts and does it and it works so good for them but we hope most importantly that the oilers keep doing their thing keep winning and that you keep supporting them and keep supporting us go oilers go go oilers go